0: In every way, you know, I mean he, he doesn't, as we'll see in our passage today he doesn't do the bait and switch no. you know, he doesn't say, come on, it'll be alright, you know and then just sort of, and then sort of once we get into it say, well, yeah, it's a little harder than maybe you were expecting, you know I mean, as we enter into the season of Lent as we, this season of preparation where we are, uh, focusing on the, the, the resurrection, where, where we, we get to a, a place of really just uh, so enamored and overwhelmed with the power of the, the resurrection that when Easter comes, we're ready you know, to sing and shout and, and dance in, in the power of the risen Lord. But until then, in preparation for that time, we're going to look at the, the teachings of Jesus and how he is true and honest and he is faithful, that he, he doesn't, he, he's not selling anything. You know, he, he's, he's not going to pull the, the, the bait and, and switch. Um, so, the first Sunday, you know, this probably is not the, the, the best thing to start off series with and talk about suffering. You know, there's not a whole lot of people lined up you know, to say, okay, yeah, that's, that's an exciting topic. And, and if that's the case for you, it is, uh, you know, for me, we're among good company because Jesus talked about suffering a good bit, and pretty much every time he did, his followers didn't like hearing it. And, and they even would, as we'll see today, even rebuke Jesus for talking about suffering. Now what I, I don't um, plan today to, to get into like, a philosophical discussion about why there is suffering in the world and that, that kind of stuff. Um, but there is uh, but really just a more focused look at why and how it is that, that Jesus, that God became Son, uh, God became human, God the Son, and then suffered like He did, and why those who seek to follow Him must also suffer. I mean, that's what Jesus is going to tell us as we look at this particular passage today. But but as I considered that, I mean, just the fact that we know within us that suffering is bad, that that it it speaks to the reality of there being another possibility. You know, where, where do we get the notion that suffering is bad? Where, do we, where does that come from? Where do we get the notion that it's possible to be in an existence where we're suffering, disease, and illness are no more? I think, and this is not um, original to me, but I agree with those who say, well, you know, the very fact that we have that thought is a, one of the arguments that there is a God. And that God's image is, is placed in us. And that we have this notion as we go through life that that there is something more. That there is a a realm of existence where where suffering is gone. Disease and illness removed. that, That tears are no more. The fact that we complain about suffering is a sign that we know there's something better. Something that is good, right, and pure. And I think, I think that in deep, when we get beyond the surface, it's more than just you know our own sense of personal entitlement to a nice, easy life or uh, just our own pursuit of pleasure. I think it's bigger than that. I, I think it really does tap into a, a deeper realization of something better. Um, if some have said an echo of a reality that's beyond what we can see and touch and measure in this life. That God's image implanted in us. That, that connection that we have with God, with what is good and right and beautiful. So in, in a simple way, I mean, we live in a world that is incomplete. And we know it. We, we live in a world that, that's separated from God. And we know it. We live in a world where we are tempted and we succumb to the temptations of seeking, as Zarek as was saying, to make our own way. To pursue our own definition of, of happiness without real concern for God or others. And we but we know there's something else in existence, a realm of existence where, where God truly rules completely, where we are in pure relationship to him, connected to him, connected to what is good and right and, and beautiful. And we call that heaven. Uh, that, that place that we look forward uh, to being in. That, that pure, unadulterated, intimate relationship with God and all of God's people. And Jesus... God the Son, God the Son became human in Jesus in order to make clear and precise that connection between this world where we go our own way and the other world where where we follow completely and perfectly the way of God. In a sense, there are these two different ways of existence, and Jesus is the one that made the bridge. And in making a bridge of such distance, not just physically, but spiritually and and morally and in every way, to make such a bridge, to make such a connection, there are going to be explosions, explosions of grand spiritual significance. And in those explosions, there is suffering. And Jesus is the one who leads the way in making that connection, and then enduring such suffering. An interesting uh, physical illustration from this week was that uh, asteroid that uh, entered into the airspace, into the atmosphere above Russia. Did you hear about that or read about that? Not the one that you know got, was a close shave; that was only seventeen thousand. Um, miles away uh, from us, but there was another one, a smaller one it was about fifty feet wide, yeah. and it, it entered into the airspace, entered into the atmosphere above um, Russia, and in so doing, I mean it was, it was fifty feet wide, it weighed like seven thousand tons, and it was going really, really, really fast, um, forty thousand miles per hour no, yeah, forty thousand miles per hour for those from uh, other um, parts of the world, 18 kilometers per second. Yeah, you're, you're, you're welcome there. I just translated, you know, from that to, yeah. But when it did that, when it just entered into the atmosphere, it caused an explosion greater than all of the explosions in World War II. Just didn't touch, the, it did eventually touch the earth, uh, the the earth. Uh, Planet, but just hitting into the atmosphere, just coming from that world into another, caused an explosion of a grand magnitude, sent a thousand people to the hospital, and broke over 30,000 windows because of the shockwave that it sent. I-, I propose to you that that's just a tiny smidgen. It's a technical term there, smidgen. Just a tiny smidgen of the explosion that occurs when God enters the atmosphere of the earth as a human. And so suffering is going to be the result of such an explosion. And Jesus was willing and able to face that suffering. And he invites us on the same journey. He invites us on the same journey. Passage is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, starting with verse 31. It's found on page 820 in your pew Bible. If you want to turn there or follow along on the screen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Thank you that that Jesus uh, doesn't uh, mince words. That he speaks to us of what is true and real and what we are to expect and what is a part of what it means to follow him. And we pray now you'd help us to hear and help us to respond and receive and to trust. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Mark chapter 8, starting verse 31. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, a couple things to, to hit on from this particular passage. One is the, the use of the term must. Yeah, you know, that other translations say it is necessary. It is necessary for the Son of Man to suffer and die. I mean, When these two worlds collide, such different realities, then suffering will be the result. And not just suffering, but for Jesus, even death. Something has to give. In a real sense, there is hell to pay when forgiveness rules the day. Something has to give for love to prevail when these two worlds collide. And so God the Son gladly becomes the sacrificial lamb, in a sense, to take the heat, to, to, to feel the explosion of this collision. And so it is necessary for Jesus to die, to accomplish this reconnection. It's necessary for Jesus to die to accomplish this reconciliation. We, we may not like that. We may not understand it. We may sit here and answer why, wonder why and know that it, Peter didn't either. He didn't like it. And he didn't just say why. Peter stood up in Jesus' face, came back at him said, no, you got this all wrong. This is not how it works, Jesus. To which at that moment, you know, oftentimes Jesus will receive those kind of comments from the disciples and sort of answer with a question, you know, and he'll, he'll engage in the Socratic method, you know, just in, try to teach him and that kind of stuff. At that moment, Jesus did not choose to do that. At that moment, Jesus, because we are at such a pinnacle crossroads here, we are at such a significant time of collision, that Jesus turned to Peter and said, No, you get back. And rebuked Peter to his face and said, No, you get behind me, Satan. That's a pretty serious word that Jesus then gave to Peter. Not one that we usually think comes off the mouth of Jesus, but that does because of how significant and how necessary His crucifixion, His suffering, His death are. And then when He corrects Peter, and the the, the heat of this moment turns then to the crowd and to the other, the other followers with Jesus, with, with him, and, and says to you, Not only is it necessary that I'm going to suffer, and that'd be okay. I mean, at some point we'd say, Okay, all right, Jesus, okay, you suffer, okay, we'll take it, we'll receive it. We'll receive the gift of your suffering, thank you. you know, and you know, eventually we'd get to that point, but he doesn't stop there. He says, this is, not, this is not about you getting any, uh, your ticket punched on the glory train to heaven. And that the rest of life is just you hanging out in the train station, biding your time, playing games. This is a call to you to be followers of me. And to follow, by definition, means in a sense where I go, you will go also. Also. And so if I, Jesus, is going to encounter the world in in the ways of God and going to cause such collisions, then we are going to follow him and do the same. So he makes it clear. You will deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. You're going to have to put aside those impulses that are within you that, that avoid suffering. Those impulses within you that are, say, fight or flight, and we're going to have to add one. It still starts with an F. It's follow. No matter what, the call here, and it's important to see, his call here is, is, is not to suffer. His call is to follow him. That's the call. And that will lead into the ways of suffering as we follow Him in this world that doesn't. Take up your cross, just like Jesus took up His cross. The the pains and struggles, the persecution, the opposition within us and outside of us that we face because we are following Jesus. That's what the, the cross is. It's not that we got a cold or a hangover or are in debt. Those are all really bad things. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. It's the struggles, the challenges that we face when we refuse to cheat and lie. and it gets us in trouble. That's sort of crazy, isn't it? That's what happens when worlds collide. It's the, the hurt and pain that we follow Jesus when we say we're going to forgive our enemies. And we really don't want to. And we really don't like them. And we can't stand what they've done to us. It's the rejection that we might face. Because we are clear and bold to be pure in any area of our life. Sexual, financial, relational. because we're following Jesus. It's the hard work that we do, the pain that it can be to truly be community with one another when we disagree, when we annoy one another, and when we really are on each other's nerves, but we're held together by Jesus. As a church, it means that we enter into the messes of this life just like Jesus did and and paid the consequences. Yeah, that, that we we enter into the, the, the oppression that is around us and in, in our world. Yeah, you know, when we, we see racism, we, we enter into it. In a, in a world that's characterized so much by war, we, we enter into it. We put ourselves in, in harm's way in order to pursue the way of God. We see in their crime, adultery, abortion, greed, sexual confusion, fraud continue the list we follow the ways of Jesus according to the ways of God in the midst of the messes and it will be difficult we will suffer we will endure pain so what I Hope to be, have been here, is as clear as Jesus. That we will suffer if we follow Jesus. I don't know how else to understand these statements. And I I feel at times when I read this passage, uh, you know, almost a need to apologize for ways that maybe I've downplayed that or that. I've played the game of bait and switch. Or that we as the the church as whole have, have done that. And we haven't trusted Jesus. Jesus says clearly and openly here, and it's interesting even that Mark even says, and he said it quite plainly, he says it quite openly, that suffering will happen if we follow Jesus. And that's why I'm so thankful as well for our connections with brothers and sisters around the world. I mean, our brothers and sisters in Nigeria and in Iraq who simply seek to follow the ways of Jesus and gather together and worship. And they get bombed. As we seek to be a place where those two worlds collide, living in a broken world, but seeking to live according to the world of God. There will be explosions and suffering. But it's okay to peek ahead a few weeks. It's okay to to know that Jesus leads the way, that this is not something that we need to be scared about, like we don't know how it's going to end. I mean, we do know that Jesus has paved the way. He has suffered the consequences fully. And he has shown us that the brokenness and the evil of this world, that which all that is wrong of this world, does not win the victory. The cross goes to the empty tomb. Now, you've got to go through the cross to the empty tomb. There's no empty tomb without a cross. But we know that it ends at the empty tomb. That even death did not keep Jesus down. Neither will suffering or death keep his followers down as we follow after him. Now, what I in- encourage you, um, hope you'll do uh, this week, is take the bookmark that I did have up here that now I don't know what I did. Oh, here we go. Yeah, you know, this. Uh, if you haven't picked one up yet, uh, last Sunday or Ash Wednesday, pick one up on your way out. And there are just each day is a reading of Jesus as He teaches about suffering as followers of His. And may our challenge this week uh, together be that we we face the the difficulties, the pain and the struggles of following Jesus together. That we help hold one another up. That we keep one another on the journey. Knowing that we need one another, knowing that there's going to be opposition, knowing that there will be struggle. And knowing that the end of the journey is secured in the risen Christ. Amen.